Welcome, everybody. Welcome. We are on episode 20 this week. Sorry about last week saying it was episode 20, but it was episode 19. So, anyway. It's n- nice to be at the point where we have so many episodes, we have lost count. <laughs> so, that's kind of cool. Losing track is always a good thing, I guess, sometimes. But you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And you can also email us at hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And tonight we have Sue Aller, our state representative from Northern Michigan, on. So it was another big poll for us this week. On the eve of the primary, which normally probably would be a little more stressful, but in this situation. I, I probably wouldn't be sitting here if it was the primary <laughs> from two years ago. Yes. Yeah. So yes. this one is definitely more relaxed. Yeah. Um, I, I guess it's kind of segues into a great point. Tomorrow's the, I, hopefully we'll have this up and done for tomorrow's primary, but I encourage everybody in our community to go and vote. Um, we have a couple of villages out there. I know there's a college one that's important, a township fire one that we're desperate need of. So, um, youth and rec, youth and rec is another one. So all those, if you guys want to come on out, it'd be awesome to kind of, um, throw your support around or not either way. It's your opinion and it's your choice. And that's the beauty of voting. So, I mean, but either way, come on out, show your support. So yes, yes. always appreciate it. And another note, we are on the road again. We're at Cabin Creek. So if you hear any background noises, disregard it. We were really echoey in that conference yeah. room, so I, I just, this is definitely the right way. Yes, it is. I think we're good. I guarantee you they're going to get busy now, though. Probably. <laughs> I hear a lot more of that blunder. Yes. All right, then we'll move on to our hot takes after break. All right. Before we start our hot take section, we did receive a piece of mail this week. It was an actual piece of mail that was in my mailbox. So that was something new. And it was a thank you note from our guest last week, Jackie, saying that she enjoyed her time and she thanked us for inviting her over. And it was a great experience. And she said we're great and looks forward to listening to future podcasts. Well, Jackie's numbers have been fantastic. People obviously really like listening to her, so um, that's kind of been nice. So, yeah, I knew Jackie would be a really neat person to interview as along with Sue here. So, um, yeah, cool beats. It's always nice to get an actual physical piece of mail. Yeah. That's probably the old school person. Yeah, thank yous are nice. They are. Yes. All right. Now time for hot takes. And our first hot take is kind of a sad one, but there was 58 people shot in Chicago over the weekend, which is kind of crazy. I heard 40 were in one night. Four, yeah, 40, 40 in one night, and 11 have died. So over in like a 48-hour period, and they're saying that it really hasn't been covered very much by the media, but this outpouring of violence, since it's been a lot of youth, and um, just kind of really sad to hear that that's going on, but yeah. I don't know, I just... It's kind of weird. It's, it's kind of hard to hear. Yeah, if you want to, go ahead. Um, yeah, the, the gun violence in, in Chicago definitely has been at the 
top of the news. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's sad to hear about, whether it's in Chicago or anywhere. And it brings to light so many different issues I and mean, mental health issues, economic issues, um, the, um, uh, I guess, the uh, social, social arena that we're all living in. So there's a lot that needs to be explored you know, when it comes to, to the guns. Yeah, what's crazy to me is Chicago is not that far away, really, mm-hmm. from here. So it's just kind of nuts that something can be that tragic so close. So I mean, we drove there in a day. Yeah. Had a great weekend there. So it's yeah. Kind of hard to hear of all these violent crimes going on. There. I guess it's what you get in the big city. I don't want that many happening. Oh, one area yeah. all right our second hot take is there is a cafe in San Francisco that is using robots and screens for people to order their coffee so you go up there's a screen you type in what you want you swipe your card the robot makes it and then hands it and then slides it across to you no human interaction whatsoever <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. the first thing I thought because I'm kind of cheap that way I was like I wouldn't tip the robot. No, neither. <laughs> so, I, I like that. coming here to Cabin Creek, though. Yes. I like the smiling faces that are up at the count. Yeah. I, I like the, the busyness, <clears throat> just the atmosphere, and all the people that work here. Yeah. So yeah. I find it hard to have that, that same kind of a feeling with a robot. It's interesting to see if they'll be successful, because I think that is part of a coffee house experience is interaction, and, but... I don't know. It's also, by, experience. yeah, it's also a byproduct of fifteen dollars an hour, though, right? I mean, like people are finding creative ways to not pay people. So, another Skynet scenario. Yeah, it's coming. All right. Our third hot take is Robert Redford is retiring from acting, and I can say I've never really seen a whole Robert <clears throat> Redford movie, but he's starred in some pretty good ones. Natural. Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, All the President's Men, Sting. So, I mean, I've seen some of them are on HBO now or HBO or Amazon, so might have to check them out. It's kind of a sad thing that he's retiring from acting. He's getting up in age. It's tough when you hear some of that because I don't know if you're really bo- – I don't mean to be skeptical, but, I mean, is he really retiring? I mean, we don't know. You won't know until – Maybe he doesn't ever in a movie again. Who knows? So. But, but doesn't he have that uh, uh, Sundance Film Festival? <clears throat> right. And and that has been kind of his baby for a number of years, where people who are new getting into the production of films have the opportunity to, to show their movies. So right. He's been active, but in a different way, outside yeah. of movies. I guess it's kind of nice that he announced it. Like Sean Connery would just put making movies in I think, yeah, I, I understand both. I can see the allure to both ways, just kind of fading to the background and in other ways, kind of making a definite statement. It makes it easier. Maybe people are always asking you, when's, when's your next movie going to be out? When are you going to have? And this kind of maybe people won't ask me that anymore. So I just miss Sean Connery. Always likes him. All right. Our last hot take is the Detroit Lions. Since the NFL season sort of kicked off on Friday with the Hall of Fame game. So preseason starting and 
regular season's going to be here before we know it. So I guess might as well talk some Lions. So, what do you think they're going to finish? <clears throat> I am going to go with eleven and five. Wow, optimistic. I am. I'm at ten and six, and then very well could be, you know, very well could be four and twelve. So it just <laughs> you never know what's going on. Yeah, you never know. So, but I do. I am optimistic on the year. So we'll be interested to see what they do with the new coach, and uh, yes, we'll just be the eternal Lions fan. So hopeless romantics. It's life of the Lions fan. It's true. Great. And now we'll take a break and come back. We'll get to know Sue a little bit. All right. So, so we've known each other for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Got to know each other. Um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and kind of where you're from and all that fun stuff. Okay. Uh, well, since this isn't a, a video, but instead an audio, I'll start off by saying, yes, I do have a lot of gray hair. <laughs> um, but uh, at, the, at the same time, I've heard the, the saying, you're, uh, you're only as old as you feel. And boy, I, I still feel like I'm 20. You know, so it's, it's been, uh, I've been having fun, uh, throughout my life. And I'm not saying fun in a, you know, party kind of way, but life is always interesting. There's always something to find. Um, I was born in Detroit, um, came from a family, just, uh, one brother, younger brother. So I was the, the big sister, so to speak. And um, uh, both of my parents just recently passed away. Uh, my mom a year ago, my dad three years ago. Um, my dad was 91, my mom was 88, so they had long lives. And uh, I enjoyed every, every minute with them, you know, uh, was taking care of them in the last couple of years. Um, so that, that definitely has an impact, um, you know, on you when you're... Role reversal, I guess. You know, they, they took care of me as I was growing up, and all of a sudden it turns into I'm taking care of them. I've been there. Um, yeah, <laughs> yes. so you, you know what it's like. And it gives you a different sense of appreciation, I guess. Um, we, we would all do what we what we could for our, our, our parents, you know. Um, anyway, going back to growing up, um, I went to uh, nursing school, um, Mercy College of Detroit, which is now U of D Mercy. So I got a, a bachelor's of science in nursing, and then I worked for about 10 years in a hospital setting. Um, it was a, a mixture of uh, newborn nursery, med surge floors, and then my the last unit that I worked on was a cardiac step-down unit. So during that time, um, my husband decided to open up a business, and uh, he had no income coming in, you know, just starting a business. So I would go to work at the business during the day, and then I would go and work at the hospital the afternoon shift. At least that way we had had a paycheck coming in. And then uh, three kids came into the picture. So there was just a lot of changes, you know, in my life in the first <clears throat> excuse me, I guess the first uh, 10 years of being married, you know, three kids, business, uh, the, the nursing, a lot was happening. 
Um, I ultimately got out of nursing and focused more on the, on the business. And um, so we have uh, a location in Indian River, Collision Repair, and also a location over in Petoskey. So all of those things kept me busy. And, of course, being involved with my kids. Uh, I was one of those moms that, um, you know, the, the little league, the baseball games, the, the softball, the basketball, the volleyball, the, the, the boosters, the, the room mom. I was just always involved trying to uh, help where I could. So that's, that's awesome. my nutshell summary. Wow. So then from that, then, so how did you get to, what, at what point did you make sure to decide to run for state rep? Yeah. Uh, I guess that goes back to um, 2008, 2009. Um, I got extremely upset with government during that time frame. I was watching everything kind of implode. And uh, anybody that came over to our house to visit, they were stuck listening to me rant and rave about just the general conditions in the in the country and I, I think I started scaring people away they weren't coming over anymore I thought well you know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna complain uh, I might as well get involved and at that time I sat on our local board of review but it, it was at that time I decided to run for county commissioner in Sheboygan County so I ran for commissioner and was in my third term, they're two-year terms, so I was in my third term when uh, realizing that this seat was going to be term limited, I started to weigh out whether or not to, to run for this seat. Right. That's awesome. Um, so do you live in Sheboygan now? Is that where your family resides? Uh, yeah, Sheboygan County. Okay. I live in a very small town called Wolverine. Okay, yeah. There's, um, I don't know, maybe about... 300 people in the in the village but then the surrounding area obviously we've we've got more but um, not a whole lot of population at the southern end of the county yeah uh, the city of Sheboygan and Indian River which are north of me are the the, the two larger areas so uh, representative Lee Chatfield and I share Sheboygan County he has predominantly the population districts I've got the rural areas and when I was commissioner, I represented five townships in Sheboygan County and then also the village of Wolverine. Okay. Yeah, I know Wolverine because uh, they play Posen. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and my kids go to Posen. So I know that from basketball and football and all that other fun stuff. So yeah. I unfortunately know Wolverine, but I never root for him. So um, I guess I, I've always been curious because I know sometimes you spend time in Lansing, other time you're here. How does that. Uh, kind of work like your schedule so to lack of a better term well I, i've had people ask me before you know about uh, about being in lansing or how often i'm down there and i guess the best way to explain it is it it pretty much follows the school year a typical school year okay so for instance i'll be going back in september and then um the, the session will run through end of december end of end of the term um but in a in a typical year, like last year, we had, you know, a few days off at uh, Thanksgiving. You get a few days off at uh, Christmas, you know, a couple of weeks off at Christmas. There's also a break uh, in the springtime. And then we're off during the summer months. But when I use the term off, 
It just means we're not done in Lansing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm running around different locations in the district during the summer months, uh, even during the, the Christmas break or the spring break. It, it's getting out and going to meetings, uh, visiting with people, holding coffee hours, so trying to maintain that connection. Going to and podcasts. Going to podcasts. <laughs> Sitting here at Cabin Creek, yeah. drinking coffee. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, kind of segue a little bit. I heard something that you said that really caught my um, ear. Mm-hmm. And that was you would, in 08, 09, where a lot of people were just frustrated with the political climate. Um, you were passionate enough to, to do something about it. Two things. So let's first talk about what can someone do, just an average layman, what do you think is the easiest thing people can do to help participate in the climate today? So many people are just off-put by the whole thing. So outside of maybe just voting? Uh, voting, number one. Uh, you got to get out there and, and vote because that is your opportunity to express your desires, you know, by, by electing a particular person. Um, I, I think involvement, whether it's involvement in, in the community, you know, being involved in Rotary, being involved in, uh, Kiwanis, being a volunteer at a school, those are actions that one can take to, to start hearing from others, to start getting insight into different issues that might be out there and, and see what kind of a fire may be, may be lit it causes that person to, you know, go another direction. Yeah. So. I think it's, I have almost really two sets of friends really now. I have the set of friends that we can just sit down and discuss politics mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And it'll be what it'll be. And then I have another, and it seems like a much larger segment of friends. They just don't want anything to do with it. They're frustrated and they just don't think they're going to make a difference and they just can't stand it all. And I know that frustrates me because <laughs> I know that I think people would be surprised at how much they can do, especially at a local level, like tomorrow with, you know, those um, mills on the, the ballot where, you know, if you show up and vote, it really can make a difference in our community. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you can always make a difference. And, you know, even uh, township level, go to yeah. your go to your township uh, meetings, try to catch a commissioner's meeting, hear yeah. what they're discussing because... The decisions that they're making at township level, the decisions that they're making at county level are decisions that are going to impact you. Somehow, some way, you're going to be impacted. And and if it's something that you're opposed to, at least by attending these meetings, you're going to be able to voice your, your opinion on it and, and talk to the person who on that on that board or on that commission is, is going to listen to you. Right. It's always, it, it's so important to keep those lines of communication open and share your thoughts. Um, I think I told you before, we're not a very big politicky podcast. It's not Brad's thinking. He doesn't like it. I do not. <laughs> so, but what I did, I, I, I made him, we could discuss one issue. So the one issue I picked, mm-hmm. I thought we talked maybe about the pipeline a little bit. Okay. So um, I just noticed you recently on Facebook, you took a stance on it, which I'm kind of happy about. I agree with it. Um, I know it's not easy, though, when you're dealing with something like this, and there's almost livelihoods at stake in a certain way, you know, because that pipeline does do things to help, you know, the state. 
the nation in a lot of ways. So. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was a tough decision, but not one that I took lightly. Um, again, going back to when I was county commissioner, um, in that time, in my first term is when the Marshall oil spill happened. And my first exposure to uh, Enbridge or gaining insight on line five occurred when I was a commissioner and there was a, a mock-up disaster drill okay. that they held in Indian River. I participated in that disaster drill. The following year, there was another uh, mock-up disaster drill that they played out in the Straits. I did not get involved in that, but uh, our emergency management director was involved. So he gave a report back to the Board of Commissioners and indicated that the, the Coast Guard estimated that on a good day, best of conditions, if there was a, a pipeline rupture, that they would be able to recover 30% of the release. Uh, 30% did not sound <laughs> no, that, did not sound good. No. So <laughs> this, this has been bothersome for a number of years. Um, as a commissioner, we did a resolution. I would have liked that resolution to have been uh, a little bit more stringent, but again, you've got to get seven people to agree. Yeah. So it, it wasn't as firm as what I hoped it would be back then. Um, meanwhile, over the years, bits and pieces of information are coming out. Um, there was questions with regard to the coding. Was some of that coding missing? Um, I had been told that, no, there wasn't any coding missing. That was in uh, March or April of 17. And I had been told that by an Enbridge official. Then in August of 17, we're told by Enbridge, oops, there is coding missing, but no bigger than a Band-Aid. And then I attended a public hearing and found out that the Band-Aid was approximately seven inches long. So as these little things kept coming out, um, and oh, the other thing that, that was important, I was waiting for that risk analysis to come out a year ago. But that got yanked two weeks before it was due to be released. We had to wait another year for the risk analysis to come out, uh, this time by Michigan Tech. Um, so in that time, in that year of waiting for a risk analysis, uh, I had quite a few meetings with a variety of different people, including Enbridge. Um, I also met with David Schwab, who is from U of M. He's the one that did the, uh, I guess the, the animation on where a spill would go okay. if it did rupture. So I, I, I believe that I did my due diligence, uh, probably talked to four professional engineers, and then uh, probably four or five engineers mm -hmm. to, to have a better understanding of some of the things that I was seeing in the recently released report. So it was putting everything together that, that prompted me to uh, you know, come out with my statement. Um, and, of course, we've got to factor in. The, the worst case scenario right. that was always being talked about was an anchor strike. And nobody ever thought that would happen, right? It's a no anchor zone. It wasn't going to happen. And yet it happened. Um, 
we just, we, it was a near miss. Mm-hmm. It was a near miss. So even though the report, the latest risk analysis indicates that, um, I guess it's a, it's a long shot, so to speak, of a major rupture. It's the what if. You got you to gotta weigh out risk versus reward. It's tough because I know the pipeline itself has had different breaks in it that aren't that spot. Mm-hmm. So, so to sit there and act like it isn't going to happen or couldn't happen, it's kind of, yeah. I know, it's wishful thinking maybe for lack of a better term. Yeah, when they said four to 700 miles of shoreline would be impacted, yep. that's, that goes a long ways along Lake Huron. And Lake Huron is the most likely area that would be impacted. Potentially it would go in, you know, head westerly. Yeah. But the greatest potential is Lake Huron. I think it's great for maybe our listeners that, and like Brad, for example, who maybe knew of the pipeline, but maybe didn't know a lot about it. And um, to maybe just hear about these things from not just you, but all the other different people we have in our um, community or just that are the whole office. And I hope that maybe it interests them to maybe get involved a little bit. So I guess that's kind of, I'm glad you were able to come on and just talk a little bit about um, something. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know it is. So, um, so yeah, we'll kind of take a quick break here. And then I got another interview segment for you that we'll kind of go through. It's much more rigorous than what we just did. So um, we'll do that. And then um, we'll come back and we'll go from there. All right. All right, Sue. So, like, as you know, we like to kind of keep it loose here. So, what I did is I went in and found a MySpace survey. Now, I don't know if you know what my do you know what MySpace. All right, awesome. So, I found a MySpace survey with some questions on it. Figure I'd fire them to you, bounce them off. You can give me some answers. These are the tough ones, right? These are the tough ones. Okay. So, like, I'm ready. And I'm gonna go with the big one right off the bat. This is the make or break with me and Brad. Right. It's gonna set the tone for the rest of the, the questions. Michigan or Michigan State. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, amazing blue okay that's yeah good. we're off to a good start so um favorite sport do you, do you watch any sports is there one you like to follow yeah uh you know i love football okay college um, pro um I, I love watching college football on the weekends mm-hmm. although i haven't seen too many in the last few years <laughs> yeah, okay. um my my son and i used to uh, we couldn't wait for monday night football okay yeah. And yeah. and it was like all bets are off. We are watching Monday night football. Right. And then he went away to college. I lost my I lost <laughs> my football buddy, you know? And I thought, oh, he is up there at school sitting with all of his buddies watching this game. <laughs> yeah. While I'm sitting at home and nobody's watching it with me. Oh anyway. So I do like hockey or uh, football and I do love uh hockey also. Yeah. We are a hockey town, that is for certain. Yeah. I've Never seen any place on. Um, I'm sure there are others, but I don't know of any other place that likes hockey as much as Alpino. Um, so it's fast moving, always, always exciting. Hockey is. I really think there's just not a lot to do. I think it plays well into what happens here mm-hmm. is that 
it gets cold, it's icy, and there's not a lot to do in the wintertime. So you can skate. So um, favorite season? Fall. Fall. It's I love the too. fall colors. Yeah. yeah it, it's like a kaleidoscope of colors when you're driving, you know, on some of these roads and you see the hills off in the distance and, and the sun's coming down just right. It just it twinkles everywhere. This really changed for me. I was always a summer guy, but over the last couple of years, I've just really learned to appreciate fall mm -hmm. and just the things that come along with fall, like cannabis. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. It does some of it is pictures? I won't lie, but I drove by that place on the way here, and I can't wait until they're open. Yeah, oh, they cider to, donuts. They seem to be doing a lot of good things, like to kind of just keep it growing. So mm -hmm. that's exciting. There's some parts that are open. They have pizza and their cider and stuff. Yeah, they, oh, okay. they have. They're, they're, yeah, their bar is open now. Okay. So okay. Um, if you had a last meal, what would you want to eat? My last meal. Uh, ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. Um, probably some kind of pasta. Um, ravioli, lasagna, nice onion pasta salad, and uh, finishing it up with spumoni ice cream. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Brad, do you have one? My mom's Kluski. I just made some mm. Kluski last weekend or last week. And I also tried it. It was nowhere near as good as your mom's. So let, let me state that. So I didn't have any bacon in the Friday. And it was, we both know that's what makes that dish. But um, yeah, she wasn't impressed. Needless to say. But, yeah. I have to come over for dinner and have oh. some of mine. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, favorite beverage? Coffee. <laughs> you will never, ever see me without a coffee in my hand. Awesome. Uh, favorite color? Red. Red. Yeah, okay. I've got blue on today, but red's my favorite color. I love that wall over there. Red. Yeah. I painted a wall in my house bright red. My kids thought I was losing my mind, but <laughs> it looked quite nice. Yeah, those of you that were awesome. Yeah. Painted uh, a whole bedroom bright red. Oh, I just did one wall. I wasn't brave enough to do the whole room. Um, favorite band? Is there, or any type of artist you like to listen to? Uh, you know, I like um, I like kind of the... the Folky kind of music and and then country. Okay. So I guess that's that's the direction that I go. Uh, uh, Gordon Lightfoot. I mean, he's obviously a yeah. time singer, um, but then um, um, a lot of the the country I like. Gordon Lightfoot's Edmund Fitzgerald, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. That's my brother's favorite song. Well, yeah. one of his favorite songs. So. He's got another amazing song. You'll have to listen to it called "Canadian Railroad Trilogy." Okay. And he paints a picture in all of his songs. You can just envision everything, and and Canadian Railroad Trilogy talks about how our ancestors made the country into what it is. By the laying of the railroad tracks, huh. it's it's such a cool song. Huh. I love it. Well, I have to give a listen. Yeah. All right. Um, any bad any bad habit you want to confess to? Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> I chew my nails. I'm a terrible person at it. That's always something I do. Any bad habits you want to confess to, Brad? Probably cracking my nails. Yeah. Planning with it. How do you like your coffee? I knew you were a coffee drinker. So how do you like your coffee? Uh, well, when I'm when I'm here, I get lattes, but um, anywhere else, it's just black coffee. Okay. I've got a French press at home. I like it nice and strong, and uh, we'll keep that 
we'll we'll do the French press several times a day. Nice. Yeah, I, yeah. I have yet to try French French press. I have one friend that does it. Uh-huh. Um, Casey Sussman, who was a past podcast guest, he's a French presser. So, oh, okay. I'm scared that if I started doing it, I would take my coffee snobbery to a whole nother level. So, um, <laughs> I'm trying not to do it. So, but every time I go into Starbucks, I always pick up a French press and I look at it and I always wonder, will this be the day I buy it? And I just so far held off. Um, afraid of the dark. Not at all. No. Right. My husband is, so I love scaring him. <laughs> Perfect. Brad, you afraid of the dark? It's only after I watch the scary movies. No, fair enough. <laughs> so I never know what's creeping around in my house. So. Uh, do you speak any second languages? No, no, other than uh, my dad taught me pig Latin years yeah. ago. Yeah. I mean, that that was the way we could get things around my mom at times. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> maybe a so. fluent youper, maybe uh, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, lastly, number twelve, your favorite spot in Michigan? Uh, northern Michigan. I mean, yeah. the minute uh, the minute you're up here, everything is awesome. Yeah. It's just it's it's beautiful. There's there's the scenery. There's the water. There's no traffic. There's no traffic lights. People are friendly. You know, I, I I've been downstate. I go into a, a store, large store. People use those sharpening carts like deadly weapons i mean they're rounding the corner they're coming at you and yeah northern michigan can't be beat i I find the biggest difference between northern michigan and i'll say that like north of saginaw versus Mm -hmm. down it's the pace of life Mm -hmm. everybody's just so much in a rush down there i mean i'm in a rush up here but nowhere near like it is down there so right yeah it's just crazy yeah people are they're, they're much more considerate they're more friendly they're willing to help um, I'm, I'm sure you guys, you know, if, if it was two in the morning and your car breaks down and you're on a road, you know, you've got that person you can call and they'll be there. Yeah. They'll be there in a flash. No questions asked. And, and I think that's, that's consistent among people, you know? Yeah. Uh, favorite spot in Michigan. Did you have one? Huh? You want a cop too? Either Ann Arbor or Marquette. Wow. Besides Mar- Two extremes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Wow. His brother lives in the Ann Arbor area. Okay. So I, I loved Ann Arbor when I was living there. Yeah. Just, I like to go back. I mean, it is fast-paced, but it's actually a beautiful place. Ann really Arbor is, is almost like its own little enclave, it though. Yeah. yeah. It's a college town, but it still has some small-town feel to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, but... I guess a lot of college towns do have a small town feel to it, but yeah, but yeah, it's a huge college town. So, right. so, so yeah, uh, my favorite spot is Baby Park. The whole area, though, like not just, I mean, from the trees, the rocks that go around the sidewalk, and then in the fall when the leaves change and they have that tunnel of color. I mean, everything, the basketball courts, the tennis courts, mm-hmm. the lights turning off at eleven o'clock. Everything about it, I, I just obviously I love that place. So. It was besides Alpino. Well, yeah. So, so can't right. beat Alpino. All right. Well, thanks for coming by, Sue. Oh, thank you. That's uh, kind of all we have for you here. That went by quick. Well, yeah. It was a fast little. I guess I didn't chop as much as oh, no, it's, others. It's all good. So, yeah, you're all right. So, well, thank you for coming by. Hey, thank you. Next I enjoyed it. week, we have Bob LaFever coming from Bob's Bullpen. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk to him, and he's just bought the building next to his building. He's expanding, and he's going to talk about all the great things he's got going on there. And then I think the week after that, we have Greg from The Hunger Hippie. 
And then the week after, the final week of August, runs out with Christine Watuski from Best, Jesse Besser Museum. Oh, okay. She's the executive director over there. So that's kind of August. And that'll play out. And then we'll just kind of go from there. So. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you. I I appreciate it. No problem.